Okay. Hey everybody, you are listening to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I am John Yamasato, your host, and joining me today is Kyle Shimabukuro. How's it? Devin Nakoba. Hello. And the wonderful Paula Fuga. Paula, thank you for being here. Hi. Okay, before we begin, let me remind all of our listeners of the way they can stay in touch with the show. There is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at High Sessions. There is um, SoundCloud. YouTube and Apple Podcasts is where you can find this podcast. When you're there, please rate us a five stars on Apple Podcasts because that helps the algorithm. And the algorithm is what tells people to listen to our show, whether people like it or not. And then finally, you can email us at highsessions at yahoo.com if you have any questions or any comments about the show. And lastly, if you would like to donate and help support the show, get music on the channel or help us uh, film more often, you can go to patreon.com and donate there you'll be more involved with the show and get access to behind-the-scenes footage and determine who's filmed and all that kind of stuff. Um, in fact, we just brought, bought some new equipment, so uh, the videos are going to start uh, getting a little better, I think. I think. So, Don, can you say the word algorithm again? Algorithm? Okay. Uh, what what did I say? Algorithm? <laughs> you sound like you're saying two different names, like the algorithm. Oh, the like, algorithm. What? Yeah, no, 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 algorithm. Okay. All right. So, Paula, thank you very algorithm much. Algorithm, for... and I'll go against them. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. So, Paula, where where are you now? Where where are you currently? I'm in Pupukea. Oh, I'm all not right. Sure. All right. Okay. Because you said you were at one time thinking of uh, zooming in from Maui, right? I was there. I just got back on Sunday. Oh, okay, okay. So you're back, back home on the North Shore. I was there for a week, a little over a week. And the time before that, I was there for almost a month. Oh, like really? A short of a month, yeah. What, what, what uh, part of Maui? Um, well, all the parts. I was, in, <laughs> I was on the west side. I went to Hana for a bit. Um, I was up country. I was on the south side in Kihei. Yeah, I was all over the place. Yeah, and that was when I was there for a month. I was there finishing up. Um, I was actually working on the visual aspect of my album. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And nearing completion. What do you say visual aspect? Doing video stuff? Or is it for the, the graphics? The, the graphics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, that's a nice place to do it. Uh-huh. So when do you think... Uh, when do you think... Well, tell us a little bit about the album because you've been uh, recording where, where I've been recording over at Mikey's place, right? Yes. Mikey Grande, at, yeah. uh, Studio Alamoana. Mikey Grande is the main engineer of the project. <clears throat> and uh, Mike Love has helped with some, some of it too because Mikey is actually being featured on one of the tracks. And it's a really, it's a really um, broken down tune, just me and piano so my voice and a piano no background vocals pretty vulnerable song Mike Love said that it's the most vulnerable song that I've ever written uh, <laughs> so he wanted it to sound that way and um, yeah it was really cool the way that what it is the um, song about your childhood or something or um actually no it's a song about friendship it's called Hoa Pili which means friend close friend and the song is about, you know, like, I, 
don't know if you guys know this, but I have like 13 best friends and, and hundred percent they're, they're all my best friends. If I, if I named any one of them, I, I know that they would do anything for me in their power. And I would do the same for them, you know, which I couldn't say about all my friends, you know, I don't think they do just anything for me. But anyway, anyway, I've got 13 of them. And this song was kind of like, I met a friend, I met somebody who I thought was super special. And I was just so excited. I thought, I thought they would become my um, best friend, you know? And so I, I, I had this feeling and, and I know sometimes like it's weird with adult friendships because especially like for me, because I mean, like, I travel all over, you know, I, I meet so many different people and I'm a vahine, but I've grown up as a tomboy and I get along better with guys. So okay. I think sometimes guys are, they think like I have a crush on them or like, you know, I, and then it's confusing and it's like, hold up, buddy. And that's kind of also what I wrote this song about was like, hey, I'm married, you know, like my heart and my hand belong to someone else. But like, I do want to be a, a friend with you. And this is what, this is what I have to offer. And that's what the song is about. And that's how I love all my friends, you know. I mean, some of my best friends will listen to him and be like, I don't think that's about me. <laughs> it's, it's pretty well, cute. Well, are you, a, uh, do you have brothers and sisters? I have... I have a few sisters and a and a brother. I've got okay. three sisters and one brother. My um I was raised mostly in Hawaii with one of my sisters and my brother lived in Samoa with our father and then my father got remarried, had two more daughters up there. So didn't really grow up with them, but you know, I love them and we're not I wouldn't say that we're very close, like we don't really communicate a lot, but um, you know. I love them and we love each other and kind of well, keep tabs on each other. Well, I was thinking about this idea of like um, adult friends because yeah, you kind of, you get older and uh, I met all Devin and Kyle folks when I was in high school, you know, but um, recently my daughter, you, you know, I have kids now, so I have a daughter and a son and mm -hmm. they have friends and then you end up um, interacting with their parents right? Because right. the kids are hanging out. So been, and there's been a couple that we've become really good friends with. Like they're part of our inner circle and some of our best friends are our kids' parents. But it's That's weird. Cool. Yeah. But it's weird making friends after you're 40. You know, you feel yeah. like you have your circle and you, you're, not, you're not looking to expand that, right? But through mm -hmm. circumstance, you can pick up uh, a good friend here and there and, and you should never be... Um, Closed off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, closed off to that idea, right? Because yeah, you can be old and, and pick up a new friend. You never know. You just never know who might enter your life and for whatever reasons. And I don't know, in my experience, sometimes friendships kind of like end and part ways, you know, like mm -hmm. part ways with your friend. And I've got songs about friendship, other other forms of friendships and one of them is like, you know, a song called Parachute when yep. just letting my friend know, hey, no matter how long, you know, time goes by and how much our lives have changed, I'm still your friend. And I like those friendships where you pick up right where you left off, even if you haven't seen them for years and years. And I think like a artist, artistic lifestyle, um, especially, you know, 
since I've traveled for so many years, like it's hard to maintain um, steady communication with some friends, you know, and you, you're constantly growing. I hope you guys feel that you guys are constantly growing because I do. I learn and I grow. And um, sometimes that makes you grow apart from people, you know? Right, 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 right. It's a good thing because people come into your life for a reason and sometimes for a short, short period of time, you know? Mm-hmm. Just never know what that reason is sometimes until way later, you know? So, so you, you, you said you've traveled quite a bit. Uh, I know that you play, but where have you been traveling? Not lately, but you well, know, would, uh, yeah. a huge <laughs> chunk of years for like the better part of fif- 15 years that I've been playing music, you know, for sure. You know, it, oh. It, oh, go ahead, Deb. Well, I just I want to back up a little bit because uh, people who are kind of new to this and have heard you sing but don't act- really actually know you. Can we get a little background from for people about like where you came from and where you grew up and all kinds of stuff? And you know, where you went in high school. Because that was really important. Uh, I came from the stars. <laughs> I, the I said, Oh dang, I better go over there and show them what's up. Joking. <laughs> um I was born in Louisiana. My father's from Samoa. He met my mother here on Oahu. And my mother is from Waimanalo. She graduated, she graduated from Kailo High School as well. And um, anyway, you know, they kind of split up. My mom kind of got into drugs. And that led us to living on the beach, you know, living in cars, like just having like all kinds of amazing adventures. <laughs> and... Um, you know, it sort of, it, um, I moved back to Amanalo though when I was about 10 years old. By the time I moved to Amanalo, I've been to eight different elementary schools. Wow. I've been homeless twice, maybe like three times, three separate occasions. And, um, yeah, I, I was fifth grade. I moved to Amanalo. I went to Amanalo school. I like got into lots of fights and um oh why is that because you're yeah because you're generally get into lots of fights yeah oh because the part part that we know is super mean huh kids are not cool man yeah kids are mean and can be very cruel you know and actually uh yeah i get i i get into fights because like imagine eight different schools I got to get to know people. I, by the by the time I was in fourth grade, I went to a new school. I just assumed that people were being mean, you know? And I was just, like, super defensive and mean before they had a chance to be mean to me, you know? And by the time I got to Waimanalo, oh, my gosh, Waimanalo school was the worst of them all. I swear I got into a fight on the first day of school. Boys would, like, punch me in the face, in the stomach. It was, like, crazy. It was the worst. Yeah, I, it was the worst school, fresh, fresh school experience I've ever had. And yeah, I still got dents in my shin from fighting with a boy. And um, you're fighting with boys. You were yeah, fighting boys. with girls. Okay. Boys. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, wow. anyway, 
all through throughout all of that, music was the constant thing in my life. You know, I'd listen to the radio, sing along to songs. I knew I could sing by the time I was three. And I was sitting in the back seat of my mom's car. She was singing along to something, and I, I thought to myself, what is she thinking? Because I didn't know I could sing better than that. <laughs> Bless her soul. Let her go. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> and um, I distinctly had that that thought. And I remember very clearly thinking thinking those things. And maybe I was four years old when I first thought about writing my own song. And it was because I was listening to Henry Capono's song mm. on the radio, Song for Someone. And I, I thought to myself, wow, this guy's writing a song. What well, not being able to write a song? This is crazy. <laughs> I'm going to write a cool song like this one day, you know? And so through all, all of those struggles, all of those hardships, music never left. Music was always the thing that I was good at, that made me feel special, that made me feel empowered, that gave me hope. I could, I could picture myself on a stage, you know, like singing in front of a be- big audience and and traveling all over the world playing music at a very young age, like before I was even 10, you know? Wow. And uh, yeah, thank God for music. Thanks for, for having those moments, those key moments in my life where I like clearly could, clearly could see myself doing music as, a, as my life, you know what I mean? As my well, how did you learn how to play instruments? Because you play ukulele, I mean, all this stuff. Is it all just self-taught? <clears throat> Well, I learned to play from Roy Sukuma, like oh. most super cakey in the world, you know. <laughs> I was in foster care, actually, and um, there was this agency called the Friends of the Children's Advocacy Center, and they paid for extracurricular activities for foster youth that maybe, you know, like for people who played sports, they'd buy um, uniforms or pay for like protective gear for these kids. And um, so they paid for my, they paid for my, I I started playing ukulele as a junior in high school. Um, And I had a crush on this boy (laughs) and he was a jammer and I wanted to like hang out with him. So I ended up, um, learning how to play ukulele and then I would take my ukulele to him and be like, hey, you can tune my uke. <laughs> and before I saw him again, i make sure I untune it and be like, whoa, this is crazy. How does it get so untuned? <laughs> and I, I didn't really, um, I didn't know how to tune my uke at that time. And then eventually I, um, I told my I told those people that I wanted to take ukulele lessons and they paid for two years of it for me at Roy Sukumo. Where did you get your um, ukulele from? Oh, I lived with my grandparents. So my grandpa had lots of ukuleles. He passed mm-hmm. away by the time I started playing for real. And um, so I never really got to jam with him, unfortunately. But yeah, he always, he had an organ in his house, like a piano, like, you know, like an electric organ, and he'd play it all the time, you know, in the morning. And he had, like, he knew how to play steel guitar, and he would jam. He would jam a lot of Gabby songs, and um, and uh, he he had auto harp, 
harps and just all different kinds of musical instrument, melodica. And uh, so I was exposed to those things, but I never did try them, you know? Yeah. Until Not until high school is when I became interested in music and actually playing it like, for real. I think maybe like I, I gained some confidence, you know, in, in high school and, and uh, entered some contests and things like that. And so, yeah. Then I was started learning. Was your grandfather a performer at any place or anything? Or was it just his hobby? No. Yeah, he was actually a rubbish man. And he, a chicken fighter and everything. <laughs> he loved boats. He could, he was a fisherman too. He was like a typical, typical local uncle guy, you know, with, um, yeah, could do a little bit of everything. But, um, yeah, no, he wasn't, he wasn't a professional musician at all. And he never even sang. So oh. it's really cool that I, I am, you know. Yeah, so the, I mean, the singing part, did you get formal training or was it just one of those things? Ah, I know I can sing. So, like, you got a chance in high school because you were saying you, you took it on sort of more seriously in high school. But were you playing, uh, like, all throughout that time too? No, I mean, just singing, you know, just singing along. I remember writing songs when I was in fourth grade and um, just wow. like, you know, fiddly messing around with like song ideas or rhymes. I was actually a poet. I would write poems a lot before I became a songwriter. And um, yeah, I never started writing my own songs until I could play ukulele. Mm. And I, I learned to play ukulele just so that I would be able to accompany myself so that I could sing. And I was just singing covers, you know. And it wasn't until, yeah, I don't even know when. I write songs. By the time I recorded my songs, my album, Lily Koi, I had songs. I collected songs over a period of eight years. Oh, wow. Eight years. Um, and then I had all the material to write my album you know which i feel what like is what happened just now <laughs> i think it's been like 13 14 years since i re released my um it's gonna be 14 years in may wow that long wow yeah that i released my other album my, oh. my debut album so yeah, yeah and some of, of those songs, songs are old too it's one of those things like you get the it, you usually take a bunch of years to get the first album out and then they want the second album soon after that but it's so hard to yeah you know the, the material is just not there it takes time to massage it and and make it the way you want before I yeah who was your uh, earlier influences back then like as far as music wise like bands and learning how to play ukulele no I like bands and singers who did you listen to when you're when you're in, getting into music when you're young hmm well Throughout my whole life, I, I listened to uh, powerful, soulful female vocalists. So Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, um, Mariah Carey, Shaka Khan, and, and a lot of Motown. Um, people in Hawaii, I would listen to. I listened to Noheleni Cipriano. She was my favorite. But I feel like if I had to pick a vahine that I most like, I mean, like, I'm not even, I don't even consider myself anywhere near her, but but if I had to pick one of the Vaheen that I'm most like in terms of music and creativity, I think I would say I'm more like loyal. 
mm-hmm. because she has like she had like just a big um range of styles of music she would do you know what i mean and she was like i mean like i wish i was like her like i wish i understood music as as she does or she did and i wish i appreciated her a lot sooner than i did you know did you ever get to meet her no i never did and i'll tell you why because my mom used to call me loyal when i was a kid and i thought she was teasing me so i was like oh i'll be like no loyal But then somebody a few years ago showed me her music, like, and I really got to check it out, like, in depth. And I was like, holy crap, like, where have I been? And I just felt so guilty, you know? I was like, oh my God, mama, where have you been all my life? Loyal <laughs> <laughs> Gardner, oh my God, what was she, I thinking? She really was on that ad, the vanguard of um, taking the old stuff and trying to make it newer right or like bringing it into the new this new wave of music but also she was I mean, she was very she was very versatile too so she could do everything yeah, right? yeah. yeah. she could do a show tune she could do you know binding in the bleachers she could do hawaiian music so mm-hmm. i yeah. love remember uh, prep bowl when she sang blind man in the bleachers live because of one of the coaches i think at the time just passed away for the team so she sang blind man in the bleachers on the 50-yard line right before the game. Wow. After she sang that, everybody was crying. It was such a memorable moment, you know? That song, too. Such a heavy song. And still Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, your time, so your time in in your younger days, I mean, so you were writing since fourth grade? Yeah, messing around, crying, nothing serious or anything like that. (laughs) But yeah. I was in fourth grade. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See, John, what were you doing I'm all that falling, time? Falling from the trees. <laughs> uh, fourth grade. I don't know what I was doing. It's picking my nose, I think. I, I was doing <laughs> nothing in fourth grade. I didn't pick up anything till high school. Kind of. Well, yeah, mean, when did you start playing music? High school? I started, yeah, high school. I always tell people, I, look, I looked around and I thought, okay, uh, I'm definitely not a jock. You know, and girls like the girls like, girls like the the guys with the muscles, and uh, but they also like the guys with the guitars. So, I guess that's it. I got I got I, got, I totally, that's my only choice. You know, not that smart. You played guitar yeah. for girls. I played ukulele for a guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it takes, it, man. It's it, it's a story as old as time. Yeah, <laughs> it never never worked though. But it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. You married, bro. You married and you got two kids. It worked. Well, yeah, yeah. The but wife, the wife has no idea. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't listen to him, but you know. Yeah. It was yeah, not because of the music then. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Definitely not because of the music. So, so how did you end up getting, getting together with Mike and Jack and all these, all these other artists? Because you've collaborated with like some pretty amazing people. Ziggy Marley and... Uh, I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Well, I met Mike at a, at a jam session. You know Kyolo Nakanishi, right? Yes, Manamaoli. Yes, Manamaoli, the um, director of Manamaoli. He, he had a jam session. Now, I'll tell you what. Kyolo Nakanishi is addicted to live music. He has <laughs> to see it. He has to have it. He has to be a part of it. He does everything in his power to... Um, 
instigate live music, you know, like jam sessions or whatever. And for about eight years, con- when Wednesday night for eight years on every Wednesday night of the week, um, he'd, he'd um, have a jam session in his garage for like eight straight years. I don't even know what year. I think I came upon it year six. Okay. And the first night, and it was when I moved to town. I okay, shocks. So I let me back it up. <laughs> Thousand four, there was American Idol, right? Came to Hawaii. They did their auditions. I I was um, featured on it. They um I didn't make it, but I they featured me on the auditions, and um it opened a lot of doors for me. They invite American Idol invited me to Hollywood and. We recorded a show about um, about the popular contestants who didn't make it, the rejects. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I had no fears of the producers and their intentions. They loved me. They showed me so much aloha when they were here. They felt really bad. Like, they cried when I was crying. Like, it was a beautiful thing. And so I wrote a song about the rejects, you know, like, I, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to beat them to the punch. They're going to, like, make fun of us. I'm going to make fun of me first. I'm going to make fun of the situation. <laughs> and it was actually a really good, it was a cool song. And um, anyway, that opened some doors for me. And I started to, I, I met a bit my business partner. His name is Spencer Toyama, my former business partner. We started a label together. And then I started to get, like, gigs here and there. And I, and I figured... I should move to town so that I'd be closer, you know, like mm. to the gigs or whatever. So I did that. And it was probably the first or second week that I was in town. My friends picked me up and took me to Keola's house, his jam session. And I was working at one of the charter schools. So when I got there, I recognized him right away. He was a principal of one of the charter schools. And there <laughs> were teachers from the other charter schools that I knew. And so many friends of mine, well, I thought they were my friends, um, there that knew about this jam and never told me about it at all. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? You know? <laughs> How long did you know about this? And they'd be like, I'm like, and you never told me. I was just like, oh, so irritated. <laughs> One o'clock in the morning, my friends have to go. We all have to go. We all have to work or go to school the next day. And I was like, no, I can't leave. I just found it. I just found this place. And then they told me, this is, this is going to happen next week, you know. And that first night I was there, Mike Love was there. And he was just blown away by my singing. And so every time I'd see him, like at concerts or wherever, he'd come up to me and he'd introduce himself again, you know. And I remembered his name. And, and eventually, while I was recording my album... Um, I was I was at one of the jams, and Mike said, "Hey, if you need help, I'm down to like help you with your album. You can, you don't have to pay me, and I'll totally um play guitar for you. Whatever you need, just let me know." And so I told my business partner, "Oh yeah, I met this guy. He said he he's down to jam, you know, whatever." And he's like, "Okay, bring him in." And so I brought him in, and my producer at the time, um, and my business partner, and they were both like oh my God, this guy is so good. You know, and I was like, 
I was like, oh, cool, right on. You know, like I didn't know if he was good or what. I I had no idea, but yeah, end up Mike Love was good, and and then I end up jumping in his one of his bands, and we played. We've been playing music ever since, and this was nine in two thousand five. That's very fifteen years now. That's a very Mike Love story. The guy's like one of the chillest dudes on the planet. You know, just super mellow and just helpful. Keola Nakanishi, I, I know Keola because we had Hawaiian uh, 206 together at UH. And wow. So, <laughs> yeah, so we, we spent two semesters together in Hawaiian class, and he was always really good. He's a, he's a pretty good speaker. And, um, and then we, our final for that class was we, everyone went to Kauai. We had a we had a student in the class that had a like a family house, you know, on Kauai, and we stayed there for the weekend. In we Anamola, uh, up in Kalihivai. Uh, oh, oh, no, I don't think so. But um, but uh, anyway, the the final was that the whole time you're on Kauai, you couldn't speak English, could only wow. speak Hawaiian. Wow. So how they go? Good for uh, everybody passed, but I had huh? They have Kahui. Oh my God, you're gonna. <laughs> this is 20 years ago. Like, I, I'm, I got like. Um, no can. I cannot. I cannot. I I kind of get what you're saying. You're asking me if I can speak, but I I, I cannot. No, please. <laughs> uh, no, even even at that time, bro, I had to carry my dictionary with me the entire trip because I'd get like, oh. I gotta. I gotta ask for something, but I don't know the word, you know. And so I remember. I remember we went to visit the Salt Flats, and and my parents. We had a Pure Heart concert up there, so it kind of coincided perfectly. Where, um, at the end of the after the everything was all done already. Like we had a Pure Heart concert at the at the end with everybody there. But, and then you speak English. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, my, but my parents came up because they were helping us, right? And then they saw the class, and they're like. How come you're the only one carrying your dictionary around? <laughs> like, I'm the dumbest one in the class. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. But Keola was, was so much fun because, like, um, it, uh, at the time we had these two vans, and then whichever one the teacher was in, that's the van. Everyone was like quiet. But then the other van, whenever a driver around, like, if you're in the van without the teacher, then we're, everyone was loud, you know, because we could just talk kind of however we wanted. Mm -hmm. But he would translate all the reggae songs like, um, in my house, there's a picture on the wall, Rastafari. He was he's like translating it into Hawaiian and we're all singing it along, sing along, you know. Wow. But, Classic. Yeah, he's a good dude too. He's one of my 13 best friends. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Kill is a good guy and uh, so, so giving. But how, how's uh, Manawoli been with you guys? Good? Oh, Manamali's been doing good. They had to scale back the amount of hours that the music teachers could teach, but they still have, they still have been teaching over Zoom and things like that. And well, why, why don't you talk about a little bit what Manamali is? Because I know it as an educational, uh, I know it as an educational thing, but I don't know the details of, of what that is, what exactly that. Is. Oh, okay. Manamali is a is a nonprofit organization that. Um, that helps get art, different um, types of art 
into the schools, into the Hawaiian culturally based charter schools. Um, and uh, so over the years, I've been a part of it. We've made compilation albums with students. Mm-hmm. Um, we've made lots of videos with them. I've participated in news segments for the for the Haumana. I've gone to visit them during like career day. Um, I've 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 worked with them in a lot of in a lot of ways. We've gone to different islands and visited other charter schools as well. And um, right now, Mana Maoli has a bunch of different teachers in in the schools. Well, I guess they're not in the schools anymore right now, but um, up until the coronavirus, mm-hmm. Mana Maoli had teachers in all the different charter schools and they would teach um, music like guitar, sometimes bass, sometimes um, music production, uh, things like that, like how to set up your own um, sound system, you know, like that mm-hmm. kind of a, that kind of thing. And not just, it wasn't just focusing on music, like writing and creating music, but the supportive side of it too, like the business aspects of it and things like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. We have a um, uh, mobile studio that we um, built. It's called, she's, her name is called, her name is Meliana, but it's with a, it's a branch of the Manamauli um, Foundation. Manamauli, it's not a foundation, Manamauli. Um, and it's called Manamele. And that's right, the right. musical, just focusing on the musical side of that. So it's really great. And, um, yeah, for a little while we were having um, interns come to help us with high sessions. So uh, oh, Keolo, Keolo was arranging that for some of the kids to come down and they learn how to, you know, work a camera and you know the video production. And stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that's one aspect of it to video production as well. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Good. Thank you for having them. Oh yeah. Oh, it was a blast. They're they're always so fun, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I just hope that they, you know, I, I can't remember who the artists were, but it's like, you know, sometimes. You know, with high school kids, you kind of want them to be excited, right? But we have artists that span all aspects of music. So, um, you know, right? I, I just hope they had a good time with it. <laughs> so, hey, Paula, um, before we, we do the podcast, we usually send out, a, you know, a notice to our listeners like, hey, you know, someone's coming on. So we do get listener questions. So if you don't mind, I'm going to throw a couple of those at you. Okay. So I think they're, they're, they're pretty easy, but okay. So Israel writes, uh, what is your favorite place to play outside of Hawaii? Mm. Play music. Outside of Hawaii, huh? Oh, let me think. Gosh. Um... Well, maybe some of the places you've played, like where you've been. I know you've played at the White House. That's... That's out of point. That's crazy. Definitely not one of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, um, my favorite place to play, gosh, my favorite place that I've played so far out of Hawaii, I would have to say it was at the Gorge in George Washington. Oh. Yeah. You're like on a cliff. 
before you can, before like this huge gorge, that's like a big, vast open space, you know, like with rivers and going through it, like trickling through. And it's just so amazing. Um, that was the most beautiful place that I've ever played at. I like outdoors, you know, mm. I would say that that was, I wouldn't say it's my favorite place. I've only played there once. Um, was it a festival or something? No, I was opening for Jack Johnson on oh. tour. Wow. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. My favorite place to play, I guess, I guess it would have to be with a person because it doesn't really matter where we are as long as you're with, the good, with good people. Yeah, yeah. The musical experience is going to be great, you know? Because, like, I, if I had to guess, if I had to think about that, I'd say my favorite place to play would be with Jack outside of Hawaii. Oh, nice. Just the people in his audience have such good energy, you know? And I think that interchange of energies just, like, it, it makes it so magical. I like being filled with it, you know? Because when I put out this energy, when I put out, give my mana, when I give my aloha in the music, I'm getting it right back. Like, right, right, right. It's so it's so much more magnified, you know, my return on that energy that I discharge. So right. I really love eating. One day I hope to meet Jack Johnson. I have this, uh, it's kind of funny because my wife knows. You never him meet him? Pretty, no, I've never met him. I've never had the opportunity. And it's, the funny part is, so my wife has a friend in California who's mm -hmm. best friends with Jack Johnson's wife. Okay, you can follow, wow. follow that thing. So when she comes and visits, they go to Jack Johnson's house and my wife is always invited and they all go and hang out and I'm usually like at work or doing something. So I've, never, I've, never been, I've never been up there. I, 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 I get to ask my wife. Yeah. To tell you the truth, your wife and her friend are hanging with Jack's wife, so it'd be like kind of weird. If you're that's like, true. Yeah, that's, that, that's true. <laughs> John's sitting there. So does Jack show up at some point in time? Huh? John will be sitting there with the wife, them going, So does Jack show up at some point in time? Just you guys. <laughs> no, she said he comes out and he goes and works at does his yard work or you know whatever and he's doing his thing and comes in and yeah, this is like a regular day for him, you know. Kind <laughs> of anyway. Okay, okay, wait. So, so second well, question. Just so you oh, know, Jack. Yeah. I could be Jack. Yeah. I don't ever see his wife. It's just me and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't come he hang out with us. So he's he's one of the thirteen too, right? No. He's not one of the <laughs> no, he's not one. Oh my gosh. Secrets. <laughs> my love is Oh okay. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Of course. Be, of course. Okay, yeah. so so this next one is uh because they say that you probably get music questions all times uh, all the time. So they, their question was uh what is your favorite cartoon of all time? My favorite Change cartoon. It up. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, God, like cartoon, like Saturday cartoon or like animated things. Yeah, I think I think that's what they were going for. Like, I think Pixar cartoon is a little bit too easy. Yeah, so we'll go back to because well, you're younger. Back you're younger than all of us, but gosh, um, I'm trying to think of what was on George Jetson. 
Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Boy, daughter, Judy, his <laughs> wife. <laughs> yeah. That's the, okay. I, I like oh, the and the Flintstones, they come, they're like a pair. That's yeah. an OG cartoon, though. That's like... When I was a kid, yeah. That's my cartoon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I was in 78, so I'm sure those cartoons are old by the time I was born, but, like, you know, that's what we watched, you know? Wow. Yeah. I used to watch. If you had to pick other ones, I would say I liked He Man. That was a great one. Yeah. I also liked Thundercats. <laughs> I like so many. Wow. I watched the Snorks. You and I are from the same era. Did you ever watch Gummy Bears? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I used to love the Gummy Bears. Yeah, how old are you? I'm born in 78, too. I'm 40, uh, 42. Oh, I'm younger age. than you. <laughs> wait, wait. I thought, oh, okay. Wait, wait. What, December thirtieth. You... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like a year I'm younger January. than us. I'm January 20th. Oh, wow. January 20th? Yeah. Wow, we're like year. the opposite end of the whole year. That's right. That's right. That's right. But same same generation, though. Yeah. Yeah. Same same cartoons. Yeah, me and Devin never heard of Gummy Bears. Really? Gummy Bears bouncing here, here and there and everywhere. Oh, my goodness. That's spooky. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They have this gummy juice that they drink and then they that's like... Right, that's right. That's right. What? Is that, is that what made the candy popular? Was that cartoon? I think the candy uh, was first and then the cartoon candy, came out yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so strange. I never but heard it was that. And then there's like DuckTales. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Oh my gosh, Scooby Doo. Yep. Yeah. I remember that too. Yeah. Well, three. You can do the three, John. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we do that? We'll do that for later. No, no. We'll do it okay. now. Well, we were talking about music. With you, music is forefront in your life. So, um, we're asking for three Desert Island discs, three albums uh, from three different artists that you would take with you in a Desert Island. Wow. Okay. Well, there are three things, three albums that maybe influenced you. And and the rule is you can't do greatest yeah, hits. You can use greatest hits. That's cheating. All right. Okay. <clears throat> well, I mean, if I already answered this question earlier in the year, my friend asked me if I could only listen to one artist for the rest of my life, like oh. their entire catalog. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, okay, I could do that. And they're like, well, who would you... I was like, I wouldn't want to do it, but if I had to, I would pick Stevie Wonder. Just mm. because there's so much of his music to explore because he, the way that he created music was so freely and experimentally that there's so many different genres and styles of music, so many periods of music within his lifetime that he explored. Mm. So I, I know it would be definitely um, a Stevie Wonder album that I'd have to pick. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up right here. <laughs> I mean, like, I would say songs in the key of life, but I already know that album so so well. It's my favorite album. There you so go. I don't know if I'd pick it because, like, <laughs> I like to explore music in a level. You know what I mean? Okay. I pick apart the music and the lyrics and everything, like the intonation of the voice. I'm like. I like it, you know, I like listen to all of that and the harmonies, like I could, but yeah, okay, I don't know, Steve. You heard that controversy that Stevie Wonder can see? No. <laughs> you oh, never God. heard that conspiracy? Here we go. No. Here we go. 
Well, I mean, like, if I had to guess based on what his background singers look like, I would say, yeah, he could see. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're all like, you know, like, they're none of them is a big girl. And I was just kind of like irritated by that. Like, how's that (laughs) one there? No, well, I think it was um girls in his band. Hila Hila. This guy. It was Shaquille O'Neal that said it. He was in an elevator. And he walked in and Shaquille O'Neal was behind him in the elevator. And he wanted to say, how's it, Shaq? Yeah. How you doing, Shaq? And Shaq was like, I'm not enough. I bet you can just sense Shaq's presence. Yeah, Shaq's kind of a big dude. That's That'd be a shoot fish uh, in a barrel. Yeah. Sure. And then I saw another one. I think it was doing a recording on We Are The World. Mm-hmm. And somebody hit a mic stand and it was falling. And somebody wanted to grab it before it hit, before it fell to the floor. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so they got all these things going on that they think he can see, which would be kind of trippy if he really could, right? No, he can't see. I refuse to believe that he can see. <laughs> that That is a really long con. I mean, if he's... Well, there. no, no, he cannot see, and I'll tell you why. Because yeah. in the song, Isn't She Lovely, and I always tell people this, the thing that I love, one of the things I love most about that, that um, album, Songs in the Key of Life, I'm going to pick that as one of my albums that I listen to forever. Um, he has this song, Isn't She Lovely? And it starts with the first cry of his baby, the mm-hmm. first sound when his baby is born, that sound. And, um, and it, it follows her throughout her life um, up until, I don't know how old she was by the time he wrote the song, but they were like, she could speak by the time, the time the, you know, the song was done. So he recorded all these sounds of her in the bathtub, just like having a regular, you know, conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And I know he did that because he's deaf. And I know that he values those sounds. I know that he recorded all those sounds throughout her life because he cannot see, he cannot have access to photographs. All mm-hmm. he can do is hear. He, mm-hmm. Hearing is his memory. You know, he hear his memory is hearing. And so I know that when he created that song, that's what he was thinking. I know that he captured snapshots in her in her life and and put it in that song so that he could remember it not just so that we could have access to it you know what i mean he did that yeah. for himself and okay, i know you convince me you convince me i think he can't be but i think maybe he only can see shack i mean if he could see how could he play so much music how would he be able to play so many things and just like be so obsessed with sound? You know what I mean? And making sounds, making songs. He even sang like, nobody really knows this, but like there's, he even sang like, he recorded songs that sound like really country songs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds like a, it was a white guy singing it, you know? And like, he was just very, very experimental, you know? And I know it's because... He couldn't see. I mean, if he could see, he'd probably be looking at things he shouldn't be looking at, right? Right, 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 right. right. Time instead of like creating things in his mind, so he could hear them. Hey, wait, so we got Stevie Wonder. We need two more. Yeah, my other album, I would choose Erica Badu, oh. and her album called Mama's Gun. She's my favorite singer and songwriter of all time. Hmm. Mama's Gun is like one of the most amazing albums. It's my favorite album. If you had to 
if I had to pick only one album, I'd pick that one. Hmm. But um, I picked that. She's phenomenal. I, 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 I'm inspired by her. Her songwriting, she's so profound. And she's also very experimental as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just so honest. And she helped, she helped open my mind to music a lot. You know, there's this, by, by understanding people and their need for vibrational energy, you know, mm-hmm. people are going to vibrate differently towards music. And she helped me understand that too, so that I now I'm open to all music and I understand why people like heavy metal. I understand why people like mm-hmm. whatever kind of music that they like, you know what I mean? It's because there's a vibration within that music that they vibrate personally with. And, you know, like, who are we to, like, deny anybody whatever, you know, makes them feel good inside. Yeah. And and she did this with mumble rap. You know, that rap, that, like, Mm -hmm. it's the new rap. That lyrics. It's, like, the dumbest thing to me, you know, before. Before I had perspective on it. I, I couldn't stand it. I was like, oh my God, this next generation is going to be dumber than the one before. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, it, we're affected by what we hear, you know, and even if it's just like in the environment, you know what I mean? The kids, you never know what they'll gravitate towards. But anyway, she made me see that even those kids or those people who listen to that need something from it. You know what I mean? They get something from that. And it's... Maybe it's the word, maybe it's not words, maybe it's vibration, because the words aren't much, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny, because I, I always think about, uh, you know, every generation, their parents hate their kids' music. And I used to think about it like, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty open-minded about music, man. I like, I'm a musician, and I'm getting old, and, and uh, what are they going to do that I'm not going to like? And yeah, Mumble Rap came out and like, all right, you got me. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. All right. They, yeah, figured, right there, they figured yeah. it out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> w- one more. You got one more, Paula. Okay. It would have to be a Bob Marley album, and I would say probably Legend. Legend. Oh, greatest Hits. Legend's Greatest Hits, though. Right? Yeah. 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 They, they, they did that to me. So, yeah. Because <laughs> that was my pick as well. You know. Catch a fire, Exodus, uprising, uprising, Kaya. Trying to think of the other. I don't remember how many albums he did. It would be Babylon by Bus. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Let's see, Babylon by Bus. So I tell you what. What we'll do is I want to wrap by this part of the show by just talking again about your album about. Um, it's the year I was born too, Babylon by Bus. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. And it has Positive Vibration, Punky Reggae Party, Exodus, Stir It Up, Rat Race, Concrete Jungle. Oh, yeah, War, Is This Love, Heathen, Jamming. Oh, all the good ones. Oh. Punky Reggae. Live it up yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's- I may have to change my mind. I may have to go with that. Because <laughs> Stir It Up is like my favorite song of all time. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it's not on Uprising. Yeah, Positive vibration yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so your album you rapped on the on um recording 
Um, are you done recording or are you still still laying down tracks? Well, something occurred upon my completion, after the completion of the production stuff, the production side, like the, the music side. While I was on Maui, my, um, I guess Jack somehow heard that I was done with my album. I didn't tell him. Mm. And um, Jack was on a camping trip and he was camping with his family friends. And just so happened, I was staying at their house in Hana. So one of the friends mentioned it. Hey, Paula's at our house right now in Hana. She's taking pictures for her album. She just finished recording it. And he's like, what? And (laughs) went and looked at my Instagram. They showed him something that I was sending my um, hard drive off to LA. And so he texts me. He's like, hey, I like hear some mixes. I was like, okay. I was like, I thought... Cause I was using I'm I use Jack's um, engineer Robert Carranza, cause he's a really good friend of mine. Number one, um, number two, he's an excellent engineer. I know it should be the other way around, but like, <laughs> and so I hit up Robert. He I recorded a song for Jack's Christmas album, his his holiday album, this past December. Um, and I did a version of Mele Kaliki Maka and it was really fun. And when I sent it to Robert, when I sent it for them to mix it, um, the mix sounded incredible. And so Brad, who's another, a co-producer of mine, Brad Watanabe, he plays bass for me and the green. Yep. And, um, he, he also helped me co-produce this album. And he said, Hey, you should ask that guy to mix your album he's so good and so i did and he's been doing such a great job anyway i thought jack found out from robert about my album he and turns out he didn't so i sent him some tracks he was like so stoked he he kept asking me how many songs you know we're gonna be on it how how long how far along were we i sent him the roughs and so he was just like so stoked on it so pumped on it and he's like, what's your plan for releasing it? I was like, I'm sort of just going step by step right now, Jack. I don't really have a plan. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And he's like, well, let me run it by Emmett, his business partner, and see what he comes up with. And so I told him, I was like, yeah, any help you could offer, I'd be so stoked. And then, <clears throat> man, I could feel it coming. I felt it coming. And I was just like, an hour before Jack called, like less than an hour before he called it, I, I asked my husband, I said, hey, honey, do you think Jack wants to sign me to his record label? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, thinking to myself, what a lame answer. The answer is yes. Like, duh. <laughs> I, go, I go, guarantee he does, you know. And sure enough, before an hour had passed, Jack called me and, and asked to sign me to his label. Nice. Congratulations. Wow. Thank you. So now, because now it's going to be a thing with Jack, we have to give time for Jack to jump on it. And he oh. invited a couple of his friends to jump on it as well. Friends that I've um, met and hung out with before. Like I performed with one of the friends, but I'm not going to mention any names right now. Yeah. <laughs> So, so we'll, we'll be seeing it soon, but it's still under construction. Yeah, 
So I know 100% we're going to have a couple singles come out this before the end of the year and then another single before the album is released. So three singles total and before the release of the album. So yeah, I mean, it's I've been waiting for this for so long. You guys don't even know. Like I, I, I just had a really good feeling about it in my heart. I knew that if I got my album to this place that it, that it's at that Jack would hear it and he'd want to be a part of it and he does and and um somebody from his label told me that um they haven't signed anyone in over 10 years so it's very special and and actually um uh Jack's never like Jack asked me before before um talking about it with them usually they have a big meeting and everything man he felt so you know compelled or inspired to ask me before he finalized things with them you know and i just feel so special i told him he he told me don't make your decision now think about it you know talk to some people on the label see if this is a right fit for you and i was like you know jack I already feel like I'm a part of your musical family, 100%. You know, like I feel like it's just a natural fit. And I would just be so honored. And I know that, you know, it's going to be good, like no matter what. So we're just working yeah. some things out right now, like, legally. And then we're going to get into the technical stuff in a bit. And yeah. Well, I feel good. like, yeah, I mean, your music fits right in i mean that's why you go on tour with him and all that kind of stuff i feel like it would just be a yeah it's be a nice fit yeah, for what totally. you do we talked about it years ago but i haven't made an album since you know yeah well so this is kind of like um it just feels right you know it feels like the right thing and the right timing and the right fit for sure like i already know all of jack's people he's taken me all over the world with him Okay, Tahiti. Tahiti's my favorite place to play in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and the very last time I got to perform in Tahiti was the first time I got to perform with Jack in Tahiti. And I'll tell you what, man, it was like one of the most beautiful evenings ever. Well, well, hold on. Let me stop. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> because we're gonna we're gonna cut here, and we're gonna hear all about that right in a few seconds. Okay. Get your yeah. own 